Safety should always be your first priority. Doubt it? Let's prove it. Welcome to HSE Micro Podcast. We are a special team. I'm Sarah Garbia. I'm Arz. I'm Nur Al-Sadi. I'm Hisa Al-Kudi. I'm Bedr Al-Hadrami. Brought to you from K-City, Kuwait. Each episode, an expert will host special guests to talk about the latest, most outrageous, and just get down and realistic with how the world works. Bringing you fresh perspectives when it comes to your safety, your health, and your environment. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. This is brought to you by Nurask Group. Here we go again, back to you with the sixth episode of HSE Micro Podcast. I'm Nur Al-Sadi, your main host for today, and with me co-hosting Mr. Badr Hadrami. Summer is here, you better have your sunblock, the temperature is an astonishing 41 degrees today in K-City. Now, today's podcast is going to cover everything about summer, climate, sea levels. Badr, are you ready? Hey Nur, I'm wearing my sunglasses already. I'm ready to soak under the sunshine with today's episode, getting into how today's temperature, sea level, and environment relates to the world we live in today, in which we can all learn a thing or two. Super excited about under the sea and ecological perspective. What an outstanding topic that is known. Hadda Badr, I totally agree. So with August around the corner and the continuation adaption with the whole COVID pandemic, huge studies, researches, and a way of life are constantly changing. So with that being said, we brought in a specialist, Estada Doctora Reem Elmaale, a marine biologist specialization in coral reef ecology in addition to climate advocate. Dr. Reem, please tell us about your journey. What drew you into this type of field in specific? First off, thank you, Noor, and thank you, Bader, for having me on your show. I'm super excited to be talking about the environment because not many of us do this um, talk, and I think it's really important. So, when I was a child, I'm Bahraini. I grew up in Bahrain, and so naturally, it being an island, the shores were my playground. You know, and um, life was great. And growing up, I always thought, you know what? I, when I when I stare at the horizon, there's always that meeting point between the sky and and the sea and the ocean. And I thought, you know what? It would be so great to go to space and be an astronaut. So that was my first dream. I wanted to be an astronaut. What a dream. You know, but growing. Yeah, I was like, so I'm going to be an astronaut. And uh, I remember as a child, I would like play in the car and pretend it's like uh, some space shuttle or something. Um, but the reality hit when I saw, when I got into school, um, more middle school and high school, that being an astronaut was uh, a bit difficult, especially growing up in the 90s um, in, in Bahrain. However, I thought, okay, well, um, every time I'm upset, uh, like most of the Khalijis, we all of us, so what, if I can't go up there, I might as well go down there, you know, uh, but I thought, you know what, I, I really would love to study the ocean, I would like to discover what's in this huge, um, 
you know, for me, it's like a creature. There's everything from treasures. It gives us pearls that we wear. It gives us our food. It gives us material to build our houses. You know, there's so much history in it that connects our culture and traditions as Khalijis to the ocean. And so that opportunity opened up and then uh, I realized that I couldn't study uh, marine biology in Bahrain. I had to leave uh, and go abroad because the country's universities at the time didn't offer any degree in marine biology. And then the more I looked into it, I realized that actually the world knows more about space, but less about the ocean, which to me is incredible. And that set me off on to this journey to study not just the ocean, but our ocean in the Gulf, because there's so much unknown, even though it's so embedded in our history and culture. Yet scientifically, we don't know much. And research is growing now, especially now in this era of COVID-19 and climate change and the climate crisis and temperatures starting to hit over 50, becoming the norm. Um, And that really ignited that fire to learn more and set the platform for young people to go into science, into the environment field, to not just learn about it, but also to document it for our future generation. Sahil Sarich, for real, that's like such an amazing passion and history behind what you do. And so COVID-19, in your perspective, doctor, what do you think? Is it here to stay? Was it because of the bats eaten by humans? Let's just clear it up right here, right now. Ecologically, this was already predicted almost 10 years ago. What do you think? Noor, Noor, you know? You're right. (laughs) You know, it was predicted years ago. The coronavirus is not a new virus. The coronavirus has existed for a really long time. And there's a lot of published scientific literature about it before this era of COVID-19. So what is the coronavirus? It's basically something called a zoonotic disease. What is a zoonotic disease? It's basically a disease that jumps from animals to humans. These animals could be very different. They could be rats, they could be bats, they could be monkeys, they could be apes, they could be livestock. So it's all about their ability to spread these zoonotic germs. When we think about these diseases, there are so many others that have come up in the last two uh, decades. So we can think of, say, Ebola, um, HIV AIDS, SARS, There is MERS, which a lot of people, especially in the Gulf, seem to not know about it. Especially when we listen to COVID-19 and all the rumors going around. And nobody knows whether it's exactly from a bat or it's from uh, another species, but they think it's from a bat. However, what we do know, it is linked to ecological destruction. Now, going back to the, to the word uh, when I said like MERS comes up. So MERS actually stands for the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. And it is a, a, a virus, part of the coronavirus. Okay, it comes from mm-hmm. or it's considered to be a coronavirus that came out in 2012. But it basically was first reported in, in Saudi in Saudi Arabia in 2012. And it is considered as a coronavirus. Wait, wait. In her mind, when I was in her mind, the camels had it. Yes, I remember well done. It exactly. <laughs> well done. Well done. That's 
exactly it, the camels. It, it, you know, they found this virus in the camels and it jumped to humans, reported first in Saudi Arabia, it was also reported in Bahrain, in Kuwait, in Qatar, in Oman, in the Emirates, you know, and it's a respiratory disease. Uh, you know, you get the fever, the cough, the shortness of breath. Many people have died. And, but, COVID-19, and we completely forget that Sarah, we had MERS from camels. Wow! So you're saying it basically came from animals, approaching animals, but then it, how did it jump from animals to human? Like, did, did, uh, because ecologically, you said there was a destruction. Where is that link of destruction? Now, the, the science is very clear and it says that if we keep exploiting wildlife and destroying ecosystems, then we can easily expect to see a stream of these diseases jumping from animals to humans, especially in the years ahead. So areas of high biodiversity, they dilute the rate of transmission of these pathogens, okay, that go across species. So what actually happens? How do we actually, how do these things transmit? So they transmit via different things, okay? So it could be droplets, and then mm. it could be saliva, it could be, you know, it's something in their skin that, that we touch, and then maybe it could be a, tra a contamination in our food. So there are many ways that these pathogens jump, right? And then we either touch these things or consume these things, and then we are the new host for this pathogen or this virus. Now, what we also tend to forget as humans is actually within our body, we have loads of bacteria and viruses that live inside our body. They are part of our human microbiome. Okay, and it's so interesting that we forget that even us as a human species, that we host all these different kinds of pathogens. When we look at wildlife in general, when you have a very biodiverse area, biodiversity area, um, and there is, say, a pathogen that is jumping. So there is a lot of options for these um, pathogens that can go to as a host. So maybe it's in this animal and that animal, and then it keeps jumping, right? And there's more, more hosts. But when, once we start destroying these habitats, we there is less and less of hosts. There is less space. There's less competition. So you see, most of the species that actually thrive in these areas are the very resilient ones. Usually, Chanel, rats, for example, are, are well known to be very resilient and other species like that, that can actually um, help these pathogens jump. And so what we learn from science and what we've seen, especially in recent years, so very recently, in I think it was last month, the United Nations Environment, Pro, uh, Environment Program, which is UNEP, they came up with this new report and it's called Preventing the Next Pandemic. And it's about zoonotic diseases and how to break the chain of transmission. And it's all about basically taking this approach of one health strategy and that's rebalancing the needs of people, the planet and animals. And it's about, you know, bringing back um, 
uh, biodiversity, inviting them back into cities, you know, uh, changing the way industrial uh, industrialized um, agriculture is because all of these are very big concerns. The rapid expansion of cities, all of this is basically leading to very high levels um, of change, which is causing climate change and uh, and then loss of biodiversity and environmental damage. So the link is very clear. But um, uh, those those wonderful, uh, outstanding insights that you have about the environment that you just shared on the table. Um, globally, the environment and the ecological topic has a huge value. Why do you think, in your point of view, uh, at least in the Middle East or in the Gulf area, it's not taking that that much of concern? How can we make it more appealing? Why are pe people neglecting that major important topic and ecological factors uh, in a way that is not uh, that it's not really important in the Gulf area? Why isn't it? To make it more simple, you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. وانت سانك صح انه مو ماخذ حقه وهاي شيء يعني اوف كونسيرن خصوصا احنا نشوف نلاحظ التغييرات اللي اللي عندنا في الديره من درجات الحراره اللي قاعده ترتفع واصلا احنا معروفين بالمنطقه اللي فيها الغباره والساند البور اير كواليتي So people are having more respiratory diseases, which is very ironic. And you know, COVID-19 is a respiratory disease. You know, it causes these. You know, it's so amazing. So I think, from my personal perspective, COVID-19 was the wake-up call that we needed for our region because it's for the first time in history that it's really pinching our economies. And unfortunately, the world runs on money. Right. Why is it that we're using fossil fuels rather than quickly, rapidly moving towards clean energy? Why are we taking that. our time? Why are we taking our time? Right. Even you though know, we this know. This is so interesting. This is so interesting because like, mashallah, Alex, you're an environmental enthusiast, better studies, environmental studies, and I am myself environmental. Like we have three people that are so like they studied environmental for most of their life. And yet the world still has struggling to prove climate change exists i know you know uh, when you said in the bahrain was known to be as what elf nakhla <laughs> but, but you know what? You know when we start using this terminology, climate change, and even when I speak to my friends here in Kuwait, a lot of people say, "Better maybe this is on a country level. What can we do in our daily basis that we can make change?" Let's speak to the ordinary humans here in Kuwait in the Gulf area. What can they do to support? Uh, this vision of, uh, you know, of helping the, uh, the environment or the ecology. Okay, so our say what we really, really need to acknowledge as a region, as a Gulf region, and that uh, we are in the top or the highest, uh, we have the highest carbon emissions per capita. 
يعني الفرد الواحد يعني الانبعاث الكربوني من حياتنا الفرد الواحد يعني ما نقول عوائل نقول شخص واحد يعني مثلا انا كريم المعلق انزين ماي كاربون ايميشن از ا بحريني از ان ذا توب 10 اوف ذا وورلد واو When we oh think about uh, the size of our countries and when we think about our populations in comparison to places like Madre Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, China, you know, we are still in the top 10 and that is frightening. That is frightening. That is absolutely scary that A, we're not even aware. We live our lives with no awareness. You know, as to and I feel like there's no monitoring, no proper documentation monitoring that's correct. But <laughs> when I was living in um, England, the waste that I would produce in my house, in general waste, and then long bad recycling, gulu general waste is only collected once every two weeks, and you are only allowed a maximum of three black bags and it's mind-boggling and the consumption that the, the culture of consumption that we have we have no concept as to okay is this sustainable this is exactly the point i wanted to touch about upon in zain يعني مثلا عندكم ناس نيتهم صافيه ان عندهم نيه زينه ان انا بروح انا ام جوينت تو ريسايكل اوكي يقول لك انا استخدم مياه البلاستيك واي ويل ريسايكل بس احنا بعد كعرب خصوصا خليجيين نظرتنا دائما مو مستقبليه نظرتنا دائما تكون انزين على شورت سايتد انزين فاحنا نقول اوكي انا بالريسايكل بس انا ما اروح افكر اوكي انا بقضي في الريسايكلينج بس بقول في البحر احنا ما عندنا ريسايكل بلان ما فكر في هاي الشيء. اوكي. إذا أنا صدق فكرت، اوكي البحرين ما عندنا ريسايكل بلانت، أروح أسأل يا ناس إذا أنا بروح أم ريسايكلينج ذس بلاستيك وين يروح؟ يقول لك بقطع في تشاينا أو سنغافورة. إنزين أموت وأعرف ليش ناخذ خمامنا إحنا ونروح نقطع عند الناس؟ اكزاكتلي واي شيلد لا احنا اور لاند فيل سيستم وايد قديم من يعني من يعني اتس فيري اولد اتس نوت ذا مودرن بروسيس واي صح كلامك احنا حتى يعني ان تلقين بشركات وناس يعني يحاولون they try to like segregate waste بس اخر شيء الزبال يحط كلهم ميكس together لا واحلى شيء في الموضوع ان 80% اوف ذا تايم ينقط في البحر ويجيني المسجين يسوي لي بيتش كلين اب بي ار يا اخي والله لو انا حاطه اساميكم على هالبطلات اللي قطيتوها والله تلقونهم في البحر وانتم في البيتش كلين اب مال بي ار مالكم ليت مي اسك يو نور بيكوز بيكوز ريم جاست منشن بيتش كلين اب هاف يو ايفر بين انفولد ان سوتش اكتيفيتيز اي ام جاست اسكينج يو اوت اوف نوير بت هاف يو بين انفولد ان بيتش كلين اب ريسايكلينج بروجكت سمثينج لايك ذات والله قلت قلت يا شارج ايام امريكا كنت بيتش كلين اب ريسايكل كومبوست جاردن كل شيء سويته بس بالخليج ولا مره بالكويت ولا مره يو دونت برينج ان ذا بوزيتيفيتي هير 
لا خلنا اقول لك ليش لان على قولت ريم دكتورة ريم لان ذا سيركل تسكرت بامريكا اعرف النهايه لك اخذ هذا الشيء هذا القوطي الحين قدامي البيبسي كان اخلصه اعرف وير ات ويل جو هاو ات ويل بي ديزولف وير ويتش بلانت ات ويل اكشلي بي كومبايلد سو ذا سيركل از كلوز هني يعني ونفس بعض الدول بالخليج انزين وي دونت نو وير ذا لوب اوف سيركل اندز اخر شيء بتكون تحت اللاند فيل ويتسرب تحت الارض وعلى قول السريم عن البحر على طول بعدين يقولون ليش عندنا نفوق اشراق which is the next topic to explain كل صار لنا 10 سنين على ليش why are the fish dying no that's a very good question why are the fish dying okay um the first thing seasonal phenomenal كل سنه يسمونه أنا بقول لك أول شيء يقولون لك الديد فيش كل سنة لا أول شيء السبب الرئيسي مو بلأنه ذكير أول شيء السبب الرئيسية إنه ريحة إنزين هاي أول سبب يقولون لك ريحة والسبب الثاني يقولون تعالوا نبي سمك وقالوا لنا حزت حظر فذن the concern comes uh, it's caused by something called the toxic algal blooms أو يسمونهم حابز وهاي عبارة عن طحالب متواجدة في البحر عادة ما فيها اي تا... يعني اتس فاين ذي ار نوت توكسيك عادة بس لما درجات الحرارة when temperatures rise and they fluctuate and then suddenly it triggers like this bloom اوكي okay? ان they start يعني reproducing and then جنون وبعدين يصيرون سامين they become toxic and then the minute the, the water temperatures fall down من درجات الحرارة خلاص تهدى شوي They die. This toxic algae dies. So it's it's a seasonal thing, or it's been happening for years. Well, not to the extent that it's happening now. Now it's becoming so much more intense and so much more frequent. Climate change. It is climate change. It is climate change. The temperatures are becoming uh, higher and higher. It's becoming hotter and hotter. بالإضافه إلى كل nutrients اللي قاعدين they're being added in the water من industrial runoff, من effluents, من sewage treatment plants. الحين احنا بعد هي بيه بتينا الله يعلم شنو نص بالقط في في البحر. انزين عندكم عيد مبارك. بعد تقولون تعالوا تتغدوا ما تشوفوا السمك. قال الله غفورا رحيم لا نبي سمك ولا نبي غنم. خلونا على الخضره خل... كان الله غفورا رحيم انزين فيعني يو نو وي وي دونت ايفن ثينك اباوت وات ذا كونسيكونس اوكي الناس تتصور وتقول لكم ذا ديد فيش وكل سنه كل سنه يعني حتى انا اقول ما تعبتوا بوزس بيكوز ات واز نيفر ان ابيلينج توبيك اند اند تو بي اونست وذ يو ام جونا جيف يو ناو something that i'm interested to listen to the answer that you're gonna say so if i give you the authority as an expert to have one act to change one thing in the world that, that you think will have a positive impact uh, on the environment what is that one decision that you will implement <laughs> okay ana bagalak because environment is such an interconnected thing and then the only thing i can do is to all them to undergo a climate change course okay. wow. it's to educate people and if people don't understand how that is affecting 
respecting them personally and that includes myself Sarah okay. when I am saying like we all need to educate ourselves it's so important even for people like say us me you and Bedir and we're all interested in the environment and the beauty of it is that we are also diverse in our expertise we have always something to learn from each other for there is no one person that knows it all and the science is constantly being updated right. we are learning new things and science is changing right. science is changing يعني, and, then, and this is what we need to حتى في ناس يقولون الحين اوه تعبنا من الكورونا فايروس كل يوم قالوا لنا شيء كل يوم طبعا كل يوم بيقولون لكم شيء because it's changing it's evolving and we need to start evolving and adapting right. that's our responsibility I'm so proud والله like yes Dakota Reem, you're saying you're right. <laughs> Education way is the only way it to put is, them in their is. in their place. مثلا نبي ننزل ال carbon emissions through transport. إحنا بروحنا الزحمة طاقة الدنيا والدين. السيارة قاعدين فيها حر والكلمة نرفز واحد وراء يطق لي هرن بطلي أذاني. And then because it's so busy, it's so busy. So if we want people to use public transport, how can we create an environment that people live in but can use it in high temperatures? Something so simple would be as a designer, as an architect, as an urban specialist, and then we can help shade these areas, but not using concretes or shades, but using trees, using different species of trees that can thrive in our environments. These trees, you know, using different kind of plants that would create a different microhabitat underneath the trees, on top of that, this will cool, naturally cool the cities. You know, ليش أول يقولون أيام أول أوه نحب نروح نقعد عند الواحة وعند النخلة وعند العيون. لأن الديرة كانت right. much cooler. Yeah. It, it was cooler because we had this biodiversity. Bringing back And nature. Mm. Bringing back nature into our... يعني هاي على طول is going to cool the temperatures within the cities. It will encourage people to walk more, to use more public transport. Is our public transport that we are designing for the future run on fossil fuels? Or are we running it on clean energy? Have we already, as an electrician, as someone who is an energy expert, Have, can I contribute towards this plan, uh, towards this plan for the developer? That we can incorporate environmental vo- values and concepts across all different um, uh, professions. Uh, that it requires a change in mindset, and this is where you you started by saying uh, I would implement a training for the globe. Uh, I would agree with this, and uh, the time really flies, and I would love to have another conversation with you. What do you think, Noor? For sure. I could listen to Reem forever, like, <laughs> but you know, I want to thank you for your masterful insights, and we're going to have a round two and round three. I'm thinking of we have to spread this environmental awareness through the HSE podcast, and we're going to have believers and professionals here in the Gulf, and you are really making a difference, Reem, and I just want to say, like, if you have a special message to share, Yeah, well, I think the, the, the only message I would like to share is the first thing is um, really make the time to educate yourself. Well, I'm always reminded that the first word that he always, يعني the first word that came down, كان اقرأ. ما كان اعبد ولا صل ولا anything else, you know, كان اقرأ. اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق. You know, so mm-hmm. if we do not put and invest the time to to 
you know, educate ourselves, to read, to, to go and find these pieces of information, we will never grow. As a human, as an individual, as a soul, we will never grow. This is the first advice that I have for everyone. Please go out and read. Look for the information. The second piece of advice is challenge yourself. So really, thank you. Thank you both. Thank you, thank you, Reem. That's a wrap up. Until next time, fellow listeners, stay safe. And remember, under the sea lays a powerful force which all of can control. Thanks all guys. Brought to you by Noras Group.